Hello, and welcome back to the Align with God podcast, where together we learn experientially how to grow a two-way interactive connection with God. I'm one of your hosts, Denise McKenzie. And I'm Bob McKenzie, and together we sponsor Align with God Ministries at alignwithgod.org, which is a Bible-based, Holy Spirit-led, and Jesus-focused ministry that helps people connect more deeply with God. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please do so now, as it will lay a foundation for how to prepare your heart for two-way communion with God. You can find these at our website, alignwithgod.org, or on iTunes, Anchor, or Spotify. Hi, well, welcome back, everyone. It's great to be with you again. Today, we'll be talking about aligning with God's true identity for you. And just a reminder, for the exercise at the end, you will need a journal, a pen, and a Bible. So just a quick shout out first to my husband, Bob. I know we started doing these podcasts together from the beginning, and you may wonder why he's not with me in this, but I am the one who's a bit more of a talker and a teacher type, so I just really want you to know that he is very passionate about this subject, very much behind the scenes, doing a lot of the technical stuff, praying for you, and he does so much to make this podcast even possible, so I'm very grateful to him for that support. I know some of you have been growing your two-way interactive listening skills with God, and from the feedback I'm getting, actually enjoying it, and that just really warms my heart. And it sounds like you're receiving some really great things. I would love to hear more. So feel free to leave a message on Anchor or go to Facebook and comment on Align With God Ministries or contact me from my website, alignwithgod.org. If you're not journaling or engaging God in a two-way manner regularly yet, I have found that the key to practicing is to practice in groups. At first, especially three, in groups of three, And then simply read your journaling to each other because not only does this keep you in boundary, it encourages you and builds your confidence if others are encouraged by what you get from God. There will be more on how to do that on my website in a few weeks under safety checks. So last week, we learned about looking up to Jesus, and this week we're going to look to him to invite him to interact with us, to ask him a particular question about our identity. So I, the eye of a lion, can be for invite, or it can be for identity. But anyway, you now have been already asking him some things probably along the way. But I'm just sort of cementing this in with the aligned mnemonic that when you think of in the eye, you'll think of invite, initiate, interact, any of these things. It will jog your memory. This is also the thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven part of the our father, if you like to remember it this way. So we're inviting God to show us his will, to tell us his perception, reveal his heart to us, and interact with us on a deeper level. You can invite him to answer your questions about anything, really, but I thought identity was a great place to start because it's so important to God, which we'll see here in a minute. Identity is recognizing and being aware of who we are across different situations, who we are at our core what we like, dislike, what we're motivated by, what we value, esteem, dream about, feelings, thoughts, ambitions. And we invite God to show us all of that through his lens in this podcast, to show us how he sees us. So what do you think about finding your true identity from God, 
from God's perspective. And why is that even important? Do we really need that? Well, the problem is we hear so many voices shouting at us about who we should be in this world, from ads to grandmother, that it can get confusing, to say the least, that we can actually lose touch with who we really are. Jesus had so many expectations people tried to impose on him, to come down from the cross, to go up to the feast, to heal Lazarus instead of waiting for him to die, to not heal on the Sabbath, to not interact with people on the fringes of society. And he said no to all of those things without blinking an eye. I mean, how did he do that? Well, a great quote by Parker Palmer is, if we don't live from our true identities, then we lose touch with our souls and we disappear into our roles, which is why we tend to answer people's questions about ourselves by telling them what we do or the roles we fulfill. However, If we want to live from a place of authenticity and integrity, we must know more than that. We need to know who we truly are from God's point of view. And you'll see why that is so important in this podcast. Here's a fascinating thing I discovered as I was diving into studying this. Jesus knew who he was because of his relationship and secure attachment with his father, who revealed his identity to him several times. And as a result, he knew his mission. He was secure in his father's love and thus could remain true to his identity and purpose. He started his public ministry with a very clear identity revelation from his father. After he was baptized, a dove descended and his father said from heaven, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Matthew 3, 17. Right after this, he went into the desert to be tempted This was timed perfectly because two of the enemy's three temptations started with, if you are the son of God, Matthew 4, 3 through 6. So the father says, you are my beloved son. And the enemy says, if you are the son of God. So this identity thing must be very important to both God and the enemy, right? It's like they're in this wrestling match over who Jesus is. So think for a moment about why this is so important. Any bells ringing about how the enemy tempts you? FYI, if he cannot get you to doubt God, he next goes after getting you to doubt yourself. Another reminder of Jesus' true identity came soon before the cross. Jesus led Peter, James, and John up a mountain where he was transfigured before them. In Matthew 17, 5, it reads, While he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Hmm, he added, listen to him. Different from the first time. But he said the same words otherwise. Listen to him. Well, I think that's what we're trying to do on this podcast, right? And this reminder of who Jesus was in his Father's eyes enabled him to withstand similar temptations at the cross. So here's where it gets really interesting. The Romans nailed a sign above his head. You remember what it said? Matthew 27, 37 through 44. It said, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then it says, those passing by were hurling abuse at him. And they said, if you are the son of God, come down from the cross. If you are, 
In verse 41, in the same way the chief priests also, along with scribes and elders, were mocking him and saying, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe in him. For he said, I am the son of God. Then said the robbers who had been crucified with him were also insulting him with the same words. So what I saw here for the first time was that all these people were tempting him in the same way with the same words. All of these insults were about his identity, and they were coming from all sides. The Romans, the passerbys, the chief priests, scribes, and elders, and even the robbers. This was truly a huge last assault from the enemy on his identity, which is the same approach Satan started out with. This must be super important to God, that Jesus knew who he was in God's eyes, and to the enemy that he would forget who he was in God's eyes. And so it is with you and I. And what do we do when we forget who we are in God's eyes? Well, I know for me, I don't really act like my true self, my best self. There's a saying in Life Model that says when someone hurts you or sins against you, it's because they've forgotten who they really are. And the same goes for you. We can know that there will always be assaults on our identity because What goes with Jesus goes with us. It's that secure attachment that Satan wants to destroy, knowing God and him knowing you. It's so crucial to accomplishing the mission God has given you. As the Father prepared Jesus for his destiny at just the right times by upholding his true identity, isn't it possible that God may want to do that with you as well, to strengthen and prepare you for what lies ahead? Well, The task is to sift out what is true and what is false identity. And that can get a little tricky unless we hone this skill of listening to God. Because only he really knows our true identity. He truly knows us inside and out better than we can actually know ourselves. So here's a story. The other day I was supposed to get a medical procedure. And I was in a rush, and I didn't have time to research it thoroughly. And while I was going through the informational talk, I felt a check in my spirit, and I never got to true peace about it. But they answered all my questions, and I agreed to the procedure anyway, because logically, it seemed like a good option. As the time for the appointment approached, however, my heart started racing. My stomach felt queasy, actually a little sick, and I couldn't sleep the night before. As I began to pray and engage with God about this, he showed me that my emotions were alerting me that not all of me was happy with this decision I had made with mostly my left brain. I was in a wrestling match with myself, but God just encouraged me to listen to those parts of me that didn't get to be heard at first until finally I just canceled the procedure. I felt such relief. My stomach relaxed, my shoulders relaxed. I realized that I had said yes to something I felt no about. And not only had I not listened to what I believed, I had listened more to the medical professionals than either God or myself. And I chose an action that was in disharmony with my beliefs, however subconscious they were. This is just a simple example of the importance of aligning with our true selves and with God. Both are important. And what happens if we do not do that is that we're tossed around, We're not aligned because it's so important to him that we live from our true selves and not who others want us to be. I'm sure you can think of your own examples of this as well. And it does get tricky when those who are in authority over us seem to know better than we do. 
and they lead us in one direction or another. Yet Jesus's highest authority was his father, and he didn't let anyone trump that ever. And he disappointed a lot of people in the process, and that will happen with us as well. But the benefits of learning to align with God in this way is that we can say no and not worry about disappointing people. I read somewhere that my nose might make you sad, but it doesn't make me bad. Because I am designed to live from my authentic self, even if you don't like who that authentic self is. I mean, assuming I'm not being obnoxious, of course, which would be a false self anyway. And you know what? We develop those false selves sometimes to get attention or promote our egos or control others. But they are not really who we are. I have to live from my true self in order to be able to show up wholeheartedly. And when I do that, I am so much more peaceful, present, joyful, confident, fulfilled in the long run. And those qualities are exactly what made Jesus so approachable and attractive to so many. They are also what made his enemies jealous of him, and they were mad at him. And that's why we need to seek God above anybody else about our true identity, because our identity in Christ is going to come under fire, and you can count on that. So there's a lot of ways to find your true identity, right? Personality tests like the Enneagram, books, coaching programs, all of which can be very useful. But my personal favorite is to go to Jesus and simply ask him. Simply listen to him as the Father said to do on the Mount of Transfiguration because he has much to say to you about your true identity. He's just waiting for you to ask. So a few caveats before the exercise. When we get into identity, it becomes really personal, and it can even be a little scary. One friend said, if I listen to him about who I am and what I'm supposed to do, he'll want me to go to Africa, and I don't want to do that. Well, identity is more about helping you know who he made you to be. When you really know that and can do anything, you, you, when you know that, you can do anything he calls you to do without hesitation because it will feel like it's you. It'll fit you. It won't hinder you. It will actually truly excite you. Sure, it might be a little scary, but something in you will align with it and resonate with it. What God has for you will bring you the greatest joy. And it's like any relationship. The one we have with God is never predictable. He just doesn't want your works. He wants your heart. He wants to know if you'll step into the dance with him, to trust him relationally, not just with ideas and concepts and scriptures, but knowing he's there for you as he extends his hand to you and his heart to you. Do you see yourself taking it? I hope so. Depending on your background religiously or experiences with God or other Christians, this may bring pause to your heart. Maybe you're not used to giving your heart to anyone. Maybe you've been really hurt and your walls are up and you don't expect God to answer your prayers. Maybe it's a lot easier just to get a degree in theology and skip all this relational and emotional stuff. I've thought about that many times, believe me. And getting a degree is great. But if you are avoiding yourself, and we can do that through any kind of activity, religious or otherwise, isn't that creating problems elsewhere if you're really honest? Well, relationship is an alignment of two souls, two spirits, face-to-face. It's a call to full-face engagement, soul-to-soul, spirit-to-spirit, even body-to-body. God calls to us in all those ways. So if you are among the fortunate ones, 
You most likely had someone who held you at birth, touched your little fingers and toes, smiled at you, and looked into your eyes. They were truly delighted to know and welcome you into this world. You may have noticed the twinkle in their eye as they experienced you along your growing years. You also now have this capacity to connect with God your Father in the same way. He is also very delighted with you, with who you are. He's thrilled about who he created you to be and wants to dial into that with you more than anyone has and call that person forth because it was he that made you to be that very person. This kind of face-to-face attachment is so foundational for true identity. So how do we begin? Well, we only need to bring him our innately built-in desire to align with his heart and to attach. We need to become like little children whose angels are always beholding the face of the Father. Matthew 18.10, they never miss a beat. It says, see, see that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that their angels in heaven continually see the face of my Father who is in heaven. And I believe the angels pass that Father's delight experienced in his face which, to those little children who are made for his delight. And they are not to be despised in, in their own eyes or our eyes. And we are not to be despised in our own eyes either. So as he knocks on the door of your heart to get a little closer, all you need to do is invite him in. And you're inviting a very, very good father. Receive his smile into your inner being. He enjoys being with you, even if he may not be totally happy with everything you've done. That's the difference between joy and happiness. Joy is happy to be together. Everything we need will flow from this happy to be together moment. And if we don't get this at first, then simply it simply means we've believed lies about who he is or we are, or both. So don't get discouraged. You're in training. It will come with practice because you are made for this. A great place to start with invitation is with the question, God, how do you see me? This is what we're going to do today. It was a question developed from the Life Model and their two-way journaling trainings. And I'll put a link in the show notes. And this two-way journaling handout is on my website. There are five questions or statements that follow gratitude. And this is the first of five. We'll be doing the rest in future podcasts. This question connects us with God from our deepest attachment center. It is the most foundational and deepest part of our brain structure. We grow strong identities with those who show us the most joy. Now, sometimes I can approach a conversation with God thinking he's not happy to be with me, and I can have blockages to experience in his joyful presence, his smiling face. Well, did you know that the word presence in the Bible is translated from a word that can also mean in sight of, before the face of, and before the eyes of? So that's interesting, isn't it? Like, for example, Psalm 1611, in his presence is fullness of joy, can also mean when I'm face to face with him in his sight, before his eyes, I see and feel his joy for me. Now, doesn't that bring a more visceral body response different than in his presence is fullness of joy? The latter is very removed from our bodily response to seeing someone's eyes and face light up to see us. We've translated so much of the Bible through the left brain lens that we've forgotten God attaches to us through our right relational brains, through his face-to-face joy in being with us. 
You can find more about this on the podcast, The Other Half of Church, by Michael Hendricks and Jim Wilder. So when we attach face-to-face with God, not just in our thoughts, ideas, or concepts, which are left brain, but we, we, we attach with him in relationally. And children are almost entirely in right relational brain until the age of four. They're building a, a relational brain. Then at age four, that's when all the whys and the questions start coming at you, right? That's because their left brain <clears throat> is starting to kick in and coming more on board. <clears throat> so when we think God is not happy to be with us, this is false identity. And we need to be willing to surrender anything we believed about ourselves or God before we do this kind of invitational listening. No, he may not be happy to be with everything you've done, but he's absolutely delighted to be with you. He doesn't examine us simply to point out our sin, although he certainly will do that. But he's first and foremost wanting to delight in us, to reveal those amazing things about ourselves to ourselves that we may not even recognize. There's only one you. And if you ask God to reveal that to you, you can reveal that to the world and take your place, your destiny, to accomplish what God has given you to uniquely do for him to his glory. So we spent a lot of time getting surrendered to God, knowing how to position ourselves to listen, appreciate, be in awe, linger prior to today. And that is the passive phase of listening. Now we embark on the active phase of listening to God, and we're going to ask him a question after aligning our hearts with him. This is like coming into social engagement. Make it playful and fun, exploratory, be curious. There's no right or wrong way to do this. If you get stumped, just ask a question. Remember, he sees you as a child. Remember the child within you. As humans, we are mostly made to live from this place of social engagement and connection with God and others which puts the brakes on the fight, flight, or freeze relational stuff, which is not, I'm sorry, it's not relational. And in other words, you can't be in social engagement and fight, flight, or freeze at the same time. So it's okay, just let go of the brakes, have some fun with this. And sometimes God is very playful and funny. He's very serious with some of us, but sometimes he just cracks me up. He really does. We know for sure that His love is always at work, and our part is to open up and receive his love for us. Okay, so let's get into the exercise. God, you hear our cries to know you and be known, because our true value and worth lies in being yours, being called by your name to follow you, being chosen, so we don't believe lies about who we are. You have knit us together. We invite you to reveal what you know about us. Bring us your great love which casts out any fear or barriers which we put up to you. Help us to see the twinkle in your eye and feel the joy on your face. Show us how you see us and accept us and remove any falsehood around that. Block all interfering spirits that are not of you. Surround us with your angels who behold your face always and help us to do the same. May you bless each person who hears this to have your face shine upon them and bring them to a place of peace and joy just in being with you and knowing their true selves. In Jesus' name, amen. So I invite you now to pause and listen. Look up, close your eyes, linger, take a deep breath, 
and rest in God's love for you. As he extends his hand to you in the dance, remember God is love. Be in awe of that. Close your eyes and take a couple deep breaths. He stands at your door and knocks. Are you ready to invite love in? Okay. Now in Revelation 3.20, it says he stands at the door and knocks. And it's written to Christians. So when anyone knocks, you have to get up and open the door. You have to stop what you're doing and make time to be with them, right? So let go of what you may think he'll say. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. You notice how interactive that is? Okay, so pause here and breathe for at least two minutes with this image lingering in your heart. Now, as you become aware of his face or his presence, as you greet him at the door of your heart, stand in awe of him. Notice what you see. Notice his face. Notice what you hear. Appreciate him with or without words. He knows your heart. Let him know something you appreciate about him. Let him know how you feel. Pause here. Are you ready to dine with him, to have a deep conversation with him? He's waiting for you to let him in, to open the door and invite him in. So if you are ready, and he will never force himself in, he's a gentleman, if you're ready, surrender your preconceived ideas and expectations and fully welcome your guest as he is. He has come to your house, the house of your heart. Pause here with a prayer of surrender. Now, if you're having trouble here, um, listen to this part. If not, you can skip over it. But if you feel resistance sometimes because we think God is going to scrutinize and criticize us, so we avoid him. We can hide through busyness or doing things for him, but not with him. So just ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is there room for Jesus to invite him into that fear and into that anger? To invite him at, to my dinner table where we will have a more intimate conversation about this? Well, he wants to be invited. And identity is a very important issue for him. He does want to talk with you about it. And he waits for you to open the door. So you can ask him, God, what is the barrier that's in the way? Or what is my resistance of seeing myself as you see me? If you're ready, go ahead and invite him in or ask him that question in your own way. Pause here. Now remember, Psalm 139, 13 and 16 says, You created every part of me. You put me together in my mother's womb. When I was growing there in secret, you knew that I was there. You saw me before I was born. Now simply ask God, How does he see you? By saying something like this, God, you know me better than anyone. How do you see me? What do you want to show me 
about myself that I might not already know? Now, he may answer you in various ways about how he sees you physically, tense, shoulders hunched. He may hone in on your emotions. He may, I see you as sad or I see you as angry. You may hear. He may hone in on your heart. I see your excitement at going deeper with me. Or I see your fear. You get the picture. Just playfully engage. You may answer, you may ask this question in terms of a question, how do you see me? Or you may simply write the statement from him to you. I see you. And then just pause. It's kind of like my dear child, I see you. Then write the rest best on what you sense God's saying to you without filtering. And later you can check it with the filter checks. Just write down what you sense him saying. Don't worry about whether it's from God or not. So just ask him the question now, God, how do you see me? Pause here. Next, you can ask him, is there anything more you have for me? Just notice what he brings you. Don't filter. Just jot it down. You can check it later. If you get something specific, such as a memory or an image, a thought or a feeling, but you don't really understand how it's significant to identity, then you can just invite him with a question to tell you, God, what do you want me to know about what you just brought to me? How does that relate to my true identity? So relax and have fun with this. You are in conversation with God as you would be with anyone. He hears your heart cries and he wants to respond. Pause here. Now quiet yourself. Breathe deeply. Simply notice what it's like to open this door to him and to dine with him on this deeper level. Notice where you feel that in your body, your emotions. If these thoughts were new to you, remember his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Notice whether you agreed with him or not, whether you fought him or not. Just notice that. Don't judge yourself. Appreciate what you've received today and silently or out loud, thank him. Pause here. Now, Consider what it might feel like to go forward into your future, to take this transformed view of how God sees you into your work, your relationships, your roles in life. You can ask him or just reflect, how will things be different if I do this? What will be the benefits? Pause here. Now, ask him, what is the one thing you want me to take away from this experience today to keep with me this week about myself that you want me to see? And then thank him for what you received again. Pause here. Well, I hope this was really fun for you. And when I started doing this, it was very transforming. I kept a journal of every word God said to me about my identity. And sometimes it was one word, sometimes larger pieces. But I eventually strung them together. And it really helps me still. So please leave some feedback if you get a minute and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a rating, which will help us get the word out. For this week's practice, remember to practice in groups of three or four, if possible. Read your journal to each other and stay in the boundaries. Use the filter checks and just read what you get. No backstory. The same question can be stretched into how do you want me to see you today, God? That's always a fun one as you grow this two-way bond. Do this on your own every day, even if it's for five minutes. These questions are usually part of my everyday journaling. I'm amazed at what I get and how it prepares me or leads me to scriptures that are just right for that day. The question about how God wants us to see him is all, is really revealing. I mean, it can lead to some great Bible study on his characteristics that are specific for you, that he wants to highlight for you personally. It's an invitation to know him in deeper ways. 
So remember, this is a two-way street. He wants to know you. He wants you to know yourself, and he wants you to know him so that your relationship is grounded in the truth of who he is and who you are. We will be doing several more podcasts on identity because it's so important to him. So stay tuned, come on back and put on your seatbelts. It's about to get really fun if it hasn't already. And don't forget to send me some of your feedback. And until next time, remember, the most important thing is you really are made for exactly this. Enjoy. Mm -hmm.